Here at Total Wine & More, you'll find what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices. My friends and I are hanging out this weekend, and I'm on cooler duty. These seltzers and sparkling wines are the coolest. They'll make you the king of the cooler. Oh, that sounds good. Wow, I can fill my cooler without emptying my wallet? Find what you love, love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. With the lowest prices in the DMV. Drink responsibly, B21. Hello, and welcome to Rhyme Entertainment Showcase with your host, Rita and Mel. Today we are speaking to writer and director Karishma Dev Dubey. Thank you so much, Karishma, for being our guest. Welcome to Rhyme Entertainment Showcase. Yeah, thank you for talking to me. I'm happy to be here. Excellent pleasure. So tell us about your journey into making films. How did it all start and where and where did that passion begin? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to grow up in India and kind of not, um, you know, separate yourself from films. It's, it's taken very seriously. <laughs> and it's like a massive part of the mainstream as well. So I think I just love movies from a long time. I had a lot of informal storytellers in my family who kind of, um, you know, taught me a lot about structure and character and just like bedtime stories. Uh, but I didn't start to take it seriously until I moved to Bombay for undergrad. My sister was, uh, uh, you know, just starting off as a cinematographer in the city and I was kind of always um, surrounded by, you know, writers and actors and um, mm -hmm. just kind of like demystified the process for me a little bit because, you know, uh, filmmaking can be a bit of a fuzzy otherwise it feels so... Uh, make believe <laughs> that there are people on the other side of the camera so I think at that time my you know obsession shifted from like actors to filmmakers and people who were like behind movies as much, as, as opposed to in it um, but then I, I I don't think I'd really made a film before I went to the NYU grad film program mm -hmm. that was about six years ago now so I moved to New York um, and kind of just never left uh, but it you know started to feel home very quickly I learned uh, everything about the craft in school so NYU's been pretty foundational for me that way yeah, yeah. was yeah. it um when you were learning about the, the foundation and the craft was there a lot of um surprises for you because obviously you know seeing things behind the scenes in Bombay and then actually learning were you quite yeah. surprised at, at how much was involved um, you know, I, I kind of, I may have like interned on one feature okay. before moving to NYU. And so I didn't have much to compare it to, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I hadn't really like started shadowing a filmmaker in Bombay or any such thing. My sister was also kind of just starting out. So my education around her was limited to like the films we liked to watch and things yeah. we talk about after. So it was, I was pretty uh green and kind of like open and impressionable when i went to nyu which uh in retrospect was um probably the best way to do it because i kind of um you know when i arrived and i started making films they kind of like push you into it in the first five years you, you have to like write direct edit produce your stuff um from the first semester and you kind of the program is built so you make about five short films by the time you're out of it and maybe a feature script or whatever. So it was very hands-on. 
So I figured out what I was good at and wasn't good at through a process of elimination. And, uh, you know, I, I learned how to cut and transition scenes and use music um, there. But I also had like a very deep conditioning in, it was also the first time I actually seriously started watching like global cinema, you know, at NYU, mm-hmm. like films from the other, other places other than India in a very serious way or critical way. So my conditioning was basically in Bollywood. So (laughs) I think that's kind of seeped into my, um, like it kind of seeped into my education in in different ways. Like like I wasn't very afraid of melodrama. I think people are a bit scared of that word. Or like I wasn't, um, you know, of course, like I understood the power of an image, but I did, I, I, I tend to write more dialogue than, Mm-hmm. people around me were like it wasn't so restrained um you know there's a lot of fumbling through that to figure it out I'm still figuring it out but to figure out the right way or the right balance of yeah. my conditioning and my education basically. okay excellently so moving on to for yourself making films what is your particular inspiration what drives you to make a film um I don't know, that's, it feels like such a simple question, but it's also like, uh, I don't know, I feel like sometimes the story usually gets stuck in your head and you just have mm-hmm. to get it out of your system. I think sometimes you don't even know why mm-hmm. you're making something till you're making it, or you're finished and you kind of go watching it in a room full of people. But for me, um, I guess my, I don't know how to answer that except like my, into a story and what kind of keeps me there is probably the protagonist or the characters and yeah. I, I think I'm interested in like building a universe around them that yeah. I can control that sounds really obnoxious but you know it's a little bit <laughs> it's kind of like um, you know if I'm trying to write about something that happened to me or it stems from an experience or a phase in my life I try to kind of recreate that with mm-hmm. the elements I thought kind of that kind of kicked into you know, uh, to create that condition in me at that time. So mm-hmm. it's just, um, I think, character and building a world that kind of sucks me in. Yeah, yeah that's great. So your um, your film, Devi, was um, a big hit with the film festivals and also part of an initiative with BBC World. Can you tell us a bit more about this and about being part of this um, big initiative? Yeah, um, I, I, Baby was like my first film that I kind of let out into the world. It, the, the film program in NYU was built around your second year. It was my second year film. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I got to go back to India to shoot and, you know, work with, um, it was the first time I was working with professional actors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, before then it was all like first time performers. So, it was very educational for me and it's very close to my heart. I kind of made it in my childhood home with like five friends of mine. So it felt really safe. Like I could make mistakes and just do whatever, you know. Uh, but um, it was really cool that I found any kind of validation on the other side of it because um, it was like, it felt like in many ways the first film I made because it just, you know, I kind of found my confidence on that set in some sense. Um, but uh, so, you know, BFI has been a massive support. They've been so good to me. They've, uh, it's like both my friends have found a home there. I went to, I think it was in 2017 uh, for BFI. And then we went back uh, in March for BFI Flair, 
Um, and it was during that time that they were, it was an initiative with, between BBC and British Council called Fight Them for Freedom. So it basically amplified um, five queer films from the BFI program to like, um, you know, a lot of the countries that were basically under the British Council. So they focused a lot on the South Asian uh, area as well, like uh, India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and all of these places, some places in the Middle East as well. Many countries where, you know, homosexuality was still pretty much opposed legally and mm-hmm. uh, socially, uh, so, uh, which was really cool because, you know, they had British, British Council in India um, is also like an institution where you go to just kind of train for your TOEFL or learn Spanish or something like that, you know, so it, it kind of uh, gets a lot of uh, students and young people uh, from all kind of across classes that come there for uh, mm-hmm. training. So that kind of got a lot of eyes on my film, which was really cool because, um, you know, they put the film online for 10 days and on YouTube. So I got like um, a lot of viewers from like where, from home that I couldn't make it happen otherwise, you know, without this. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really find a festival where I could have, the film would have this, that wide reach. Um, so they were really cool. It was also kind of scary because um, I I kind of went to London and we they had like um, a bit of a PR run over the course of three days. So um, you know we we went there was a segment at the BBC World and I didn't know that it was BBC Live till I got there and I've never really done an interview before. So. Uh, I, I don't know why in my like naivety I was like oh is it a radio interview or and they were like no it's a tv interview I said cool and then even then I was like it's probably taped you know but so I can like give a few takes but it was live and it was starting in 10 minutes oh, yeah. wow. oh my gosh <laughs> they put me into like a green room and started putting makeup on me and I was like I don't know it was just <laughs> so surreal um, I didn't know it was happening till I was basically mic'd and waiting on the other side. But it went well and, um, you know, it was very educational very quickly. We spoke in uh, West- Westminster Abbey that evening and they were like, there was such a warm reception and the other five filmmakers, I think of them very fondly and, you know, we really, it was a very special time. So I'm very grateful for BFI and um, British Council, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, what an amazing journey. I mean, especially the fact, like you said, you, you created this with your friends, you felt so comfortable, and then before you know it, you're already kind of getting into this distribution of films, and then you're on live TV. I mean, yeah, I imagine, like, the whole journey must have been just an influx of emotions. Yeah, emotions, yeah. feeling overwhelmed, and, and just being and being really happy as well with the results so yeah yeah it was great it was really exciting I I remember the first day that we arrived they they said we're doing like this Facebook live event in the Tower of London and you know we're gonna have some projections and stuff so we arrived in the evening and they literally projected the the films on the Tower of London (laughs) and I don't think I understood that when I arrived it was like really um I think I kind of went into it pretty blind, so it was always like a happy surprise and uh, also insane. Sometimes that works though, you know, just go in not knowing and then, you know, just be prepared Mm. to be wowed, you know, and be, you know, be prepared to be pleasantly surprised. And I think sometimes it's a nice feeling as well because 
you might have thought, oh, okay, it's just going to be in a room, a private screening or something, and the next minute it's, it's, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. London. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. Also, like, the dichotomy of being a short filmmaker is also, like, you know, think of an interview with BBC, and then you're, like, uh, broke for dinner. <laughs> you know? It's, like, uh, it was really... But given all of that, it was a really happy time in my life. I was there with like a friend of mine from film school. I was like, I'm not going alone. So we were like yeah. in London together and uh, it was a good time. Yeah. Amazing. And your first film, I mean, wow. Exactly. That's just, yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, congrats on that. So moving on. So we spoke about BFI. Now moving on to your latest short, Bitu. I mean, what an amazing film. Mm. Like, we watched it and we were just like, we have to speak to Karishma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so, so good. And, you know, um, I mean, so it's a Student Academy Award winner, part of the BFI London mm. Film Festival this year and other film festivals. Tell us, you know, can you share a little bit more with the audience about V2? What is it about? And, you know, what, what was your inspiration from creating such an amazing film? Yeah, I mean, it's it's inspired from uh, by a, a, like a very infamous uh, tragedy that happened in India 2013. Mm. Um, India has a really big food program for government school kids called the Midday Meal Scheme, where they basically give free lunch to. Um, well, primary education is also free in India, so there it's it's a very like a low income um, government schooling and. Um, they give uh, provide free lunch as an incentive for attendance. So it's and it's for the most part it's pretty good. You know, I did a lot of research before uh, shooting the film, and it basically the onus is on the local community and how you kind of prepare the food. So um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like a lack of accountability and all of that. So uh, I mean, in 2013, the food was prepared um, in a like not in a very sanitary way and it was an accident and a mistake. It, like at a part of a like a normal day that kind of tragically resulted in the death of 23 kids because the food was poisoned. Um, but this, you know, it's happened before then and it's happened since, but this particular time, I think because the number was so big and, um, you know, the cook had already complained to the principal about the food mm-hmm. being a little funky and, I don't know, something about the narrative just caught everyone's imagination and there was a lot of footage and like, you know, like media from all over the world and a lot of um, images coming out of that incident because it kind of went on. The villagers mm-hmm. protested and stuff for some kind of accountability after. So it just was a bit haunting and just like stayed in my heart for a long time. And I, I, I actually started writing it before Devi and I was trying to make it work as my second year film, but it just felt too big and I didn't really figure it out. Uh, I didn't know what my aim was because I didn't want to make like an investigative social drama, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but it was basically, you know, the character of Bitu that stuck with me the whole time for those two years. And then I kind of started writing again uh, because I really just wanted to make her come alive, you know. Yeah. Uh, she She's like a bit of a you know, like an adult in a small person's body. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, the, kids, the, yeah. the, the kids in India are like, you know, they go through a lot of shit, but they're like uh, very kind of beyond their years. They're very uh, wise and dependable and reliable and resourceful and, um, you know, what's the word? Um, just resilient. 
you know. Uh, and 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 there's a lot of like I know it's kind of like a slumdog vibey thing, which is like um, it's a bit sensationalized, but it stems from some kind of truth, you know. Like there's a there's a lot of wonderful, insane qualities in kids who just live so independently uh, so early. Uh, so Bitu is a bit like that, and she's kind of unaware of gender norms, and uh, just kind of uh, is a, is an individual in like a very uniformed place and traditional society. You know, she doesn't just take something and accept it. If she's told that that it's right, she like poke it and question it. So I kind of wanted to also focus on. I think ultimately it became a little bit about you know it also stems from my experiences in school. I went to a boarding school. It was great and all of that, but like. Um, there's always a sense of like authority that you can't question in India. Like there's no conversation. It's the one-way street, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of um, put her in a situation like that where she felt like, you know, she couldn't question anything or anyone and get got into a bit of a power struggle with the authorities because of it. And ultimately, like, you just feel like you're following this kid through a normal day of school. Eventually you realize that, um, you know, it's the day that poisoning happens. So um, I kind of knew the end, but also like not literally, but like I wanted her to be saved by her individualism somehow, um, you know. Um, so it felt like it was always two movies at the same time. But, you know, I wanted to like uh, be embedded in the perspective of this eight-year-old girl who's uh, you know, happy despite her circumstance and mm-hmm. has these qualities that are very uplifting and the world around her keeps failing her. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's also about the two girls and their friendship and uh, uh, what that, how that is changed on this particular day. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely came across. I mean, you know, just Bitu's character and how strong she was, but also how mischievous yeah. she was as well. Everything was like, and in fact, you know, that that end scene, what happened, and as you as you said, the relationship between her and her best friend mm. was was captured really well. Me and Mel, we were like, this has to be a feature film. Yeah. Might make this the movie. Like, we want to know more. Maybe know more about two in ten years' yeah. time. How did she survive from this incident? You know, it's just absolutely amazing. And again, just uh, there's certain points in in the film as well with Bitu, just her character, her expressions, everything about her and the relationship with her friends was just again you got into that and then you almost see in the background what's going on and then as soon as we yeah. got to the end we were just like oh my gosh mm-hmm. like what what happened like no this can't possibly like have, have happened but again it like you said it's like two two films in one but it's just yeah. it was just really well put together Krishna so well done thank you it's so good yeah, I, I really appreciate that yeah uh, it's also like it's also like I mean, I'm not taking anything, any credit away from me. I think I lost a few years making the film. But it's also, I know that the strength of the film is basically Rani, the girl who played Bitu. I got very lucky and uh, yeah. I don't think I could have done it with anybody else. And and, and it was just uh, um, bizarre that I wrote someone so specific and I found someone to play it exactly oh better than i never imagined it to be honest yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, um she brought so much more um i don't know like I, I, she, she'd never acted but she liked 
an audience and um, more than anything like i think about it and she was like ready to do this but it was just um, it was almost like we were kind of there for each other you know like it was like uh, on the basis of our friendship so i feel like i found this really special person and uh, like you know we won a student academy award and she doesn't understand it or give a shit <laughs> i said you know it's really it's a big deal it's like the biggest award yeah, you yeah. ever get the like, cool what's happening what else you know like, she doesn't really put things in yeah. perspective you know uh, but she's um, she's really like a little star and uh, mm-hmm. you know i'm very grateful to have found her yeah i think i'm doing i mean what was the um what was it like filming um bitu obviously knowing that it's based on um a true story as well what was it like you know because i know that you filmed in a school like with the children how how was the whole atmosphere with it yeah um it was really tough uh in terms of just production and casting it was like my first outdoor big outdoor shoot in, mm-hmm. in india um i had a you know for the first time i had like a big professional crew that i was paying uh, industry rates you know i was not making this with my friends you know mm-hmm. um, all like the head of departments were people i'd never worked with before it was the mm-hmm. first time i worked with my sister mm-hmm. who shot the film um so it was like a lot of newness i had uh, a very good friend of mine mary evangelista they came down and produced it um and uh, like i'm 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 producing their features while right now so we kind of have been working very closely for the last three years uh so we it was um, you know we tried to run it like a set the way we've learned but it was impossible <laughs> because things in india are very different and mm-hmm. i think what changed everything was the fact that we had like 23 kids um on set you know and so everyone had a job but they also had to be a babysitter and um it was not a school but we basically found a really nice organic farm um oh, in nice. in like the foothills of uttarakhand that we kind of turned it into a a, a school um the classroom seems to shot in a different school like a walk away from that place but mm-hmm. um you know we we basically realized that we couldn't fit ourselves or schedule into like a working school that was mm-hmm. being you know it, was, it turned out to be much more complicated but um so once i found this location and i kind of knew that this is where it's going to be i started just um basically walking into like local communities and introducing myself i had a really mm-hmm. good friend who's a great actor who was a massive support on set her name is uh, nirvana sani she came with me and just helped me kind of audition these kids by just like playing with them and doing third theater workshops with like the community yeah. so we found rani kind of pretty quickly into the process but i didn't know that it was going to work out with her specifically for weeks you know because mm-hmm. uh, i was like looking for this kid all the time and looking at everyone really evenly and but you know she was the first one who kind of ran out of the little village and she was like what's up you want to play i was like yeah let's play. <laughs> i was like you know make you nervous she's so confident yeah um, but she's also like she was like my teammate from the beginning you know like if i had to figure out what was happening or needed context to people she would whisper in my ear and all of that stuff so she like slowly became pretty evident that she was going to be a bit too and then i wanted the girls to have um a relationship already so i was started looking for chance around bit too in the same community and uh, we found renu there uh, who was she was very small and very adorable and 
was not going to school she was sick at that time so she was like lacking in social skills couldn't focus on things but she also like very vain and uh, liked the attention as well and wanted to learn you know so um when i started giving them lines and you know i turned the some scenes into like street plays so we could like do it together with different kids so it felt like a game um but then it started becoming very rote and i realized it started killing things so i would just like go every day and teach them one specific thing like i knew certain lines they needed to know by heart so i would like go and do that and then go back every day and test them on that before we started playing you know and then slowly kind of explaining that what we were doing you know that this was also work even though we were playing or more importantly that bitu is a different person and rani is a different person chand is a different person and jay like make creating a distinction between the character and them exactly so that when i talked about the character they didn't get offended because they would very often like rani is actually really good at school and very smart so she just would like couldn't accept the fact that bitu didn't know how to speak it english you know she's like but i know it like i can figure it out <laughs> um so like the the scenes in which she wasn't uh supposed to like know the what's being taught in class i i deliberately didn't teach her you know and taught the rest of the class so that she would genuinely look lost because uh you know she knows everything uh so it was the, it was very educational for me working with them i didn't know what i was doing and i kind of had to figure it out on a daily basis and uh, you know after a while i realized yeah i just had to kind of um you know gain the parents trust so i would just like get my laptop and play like a film for the kids because mm-hmm. you know they don't have like um electricity in that village so yeah. i just make i made them watch a lion and like other kids were like uh, films with kids protagonists to just mm-hmm. show them that like you know you can hold your laughter for 10 seconds like if this 5 year old kid is doing it and then i show them the making and be like you know did you see that big camera behind them and then you know we you know other big cameras going to come and we're going to film you will be really close but if you look at each other you can't look at me so like trying to establish things like eyeline and making up games or basically just creating trust that i could use yeah. on set you know so like a counting game to not smile for 10 seconds <laughs> well you've given them so much there i mean for you obviously it was a journey i need to, you know i really want to make this film but for them they've learned so much that they're going to start bringing into their own world mm-hmm. and you know if some of them start to say well actually we want to become filmmakers or we want to go into yeah. acting it's like they've already started so young and have developed these skills so you know thanks to you you're helping them do this and i think it's just amazing and such a you know yeah. again brilliant incredible mm-hmm. journey yeah you know i i i haven't done enough so i feel like i can still um you know i'm trying to raise money to actually get them into a good school and it would be great if i can just get them through to i like give them an education that they deserve yeah. um and just you know if ultimately the whole there was a lot of resistance from the community and the adults but i left with um a very intimate relationship with all of them and like i really do have a lot of love for them i talk to them often and uh, i'm trying to figure out a way to make a real change with them uh, we kind of look for an ngo that can work with us locally and uh, all of that but you know they taught me a lot as well about just filmmaking and where to put the camera and how to manipulate the actor <laughs> and and also you know building a story around people that are real 
and kind of borrowing from their lives respectfully and you know it was it was the most collaborative um, like Devi was very educational because all the actors had a lot more experience than I did yeah. and uh, you know I had to kind of figure out how to come on set and have them take me seriously to be like I'm at the head of this film yeah. and surprisingly it was way tougher to do that with these kids because mm-hmm. sometimes they just be like no you know we don't want to do it and we we'll just be like we have to do it we have three yeah. hours left and <laughs> we have to be like but no you know so like it really um taught me a lot and you know it was a very uh, formative experience for me as well so i'm very grateful so let's talk about your next project um so you're currently yeah. working on a feature called burning well are you able to share a bit of information about this it seems quite exciting yeah, um, so I'm, I'm producing this for my friend Mary, who produced a bit too, and it's their first feature. Um, and it basically is kind of like a queer film that we thought we deserved as kids growing up and just didn't have it. You know, so we're kind of like trying to subvert like a romantic um, hero goes back home and, you know, deals with a life they left behind kind of genre uh, uh, structure uh, and clipping it to make it like you know, Filipino, queer, and with TikTok and social media and stuff like that. So um, it basically follows a a deaf trans social media influencer Mm -hmm. who kind of has to go back home when they receive some news about their family, but it kind of reignites uh, this relationship that they left behind and kind of ran away from, who's like a best friend from high school. And, um, you know, they've come back a new person and a completely different person, a confident person, literally like, you know, um, with a different chemistry with everybody else. So um, they find themselves kind of falling back in love with a high school crush, but that chemistry has been definitively changed now. So mm-hmm. it's about basically this hero kind of oscillating between the life that they've built and the one they've left behind. And um, it's just like a sweet film that feels real. You know, a lot of like queer films that we watch and love very dearly are like mm-hmm. so much about, um, you know, the family pushback you get when you come out or um, yeah. Yeah. transitioning. How does the world around you that knew you as a different person, uh, you know, reintroduce you or like fits back into your life? And what that usually is very like, you know, um, confrontational and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it is a lot of people's truth, um, you know, that kind of experience. But for Mary and I, it wasn't like we have a, um, the, our families have been the least of our problems. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was more about just a, a more internal struggle about like dealing with our own queerness and where do we fit in in the world? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like what happens after acceptance mm-hmm. and what happens when you embody that identity and you're growing up in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, today where like you know social media is such a rapidly evolving culture and mm-hmm. transhood is kind of uh, generated in our generation on social media yeah. um, and just seeing the process and it brought you know like so much intimacy with uh, this thing that felt so alien even when I was like eight years old like people would talk about it with a sense of otherness that's kind of disappeared with every passing year when I'm in my 20s so we're trying to like capture that existence as well you know it's a it's such a new culture that even within the queer community we are learning 
um, how to be the right allies, um, even if we're not trans, you know. So I, I think it, it excited us. Uh, Mary themselves, you know, it, it it's, um, was like in between home and the hospital. Their, their mom was sick at the time. So it stems from a very personal place as well. Mm-hmm. And they came out as non-binary while writing the film. So it felt like a very transformative film for them. And yeah. um, I'm just very happy to be a part of it. Um, we've had some movement this year. Hopefully, you know, um, we attached like a lead that we were really excited about that we wrote the film for. So we're kind of trying to move when, you know, the momentum is high and try to get it made on the other side of this uh, quarantine and pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah no yes, thank you so much for sharing yes, yeah. and i think it's such yeah, a project uh to be part of and again you know it's it, it needs to be you yes, know more awareness yeah. needs to needs to take place and mm-hmm. again yeah. girls are doing a fabulous job so keep yeah. it up and please yeah, keep us posted yeah yeah so there are many aspiring um Asian female filmmakers out there what free tips would you give to someone especially obviously um, being Asian and breaking into the film industry Mm. must be quite difficult for them I mean you as someone who's experienced this and obviously making um, making things happen yeah Yeah. things happen can you share what free tips you would give to someone I, I I honestly don't think I've broken into any industry. <laughs> um, it's very lonely and it's very, it's like, a, you know, you're constantly trying to prove yourself every day. Um, I get like a lot of rejections, a lot more than I get accepted in places, you know. So it's, um, I, I don't know if I'm the right person to advise anyone, uh, but I feel like... Um, I feel like I always feel better when someone validates how difficult it is. Uh, so I just would like to validate that, that it's not easy, you know, like it's, uh, um, it's very hard. Uh, but I guess what's helped me going on a day-to-day basis is just um, uh, like, I try to do stuff that I'm actually excited about that I would can, you know, finish the work that I really need to do just to keep me afloat in the day. And then I actually still feel excited to go and like build whatever else I was building for myself, you know? It's also important to, I think, I've been very blessed to come out of a film school where I've had a very close relationship with my classmates and mm-hmm. I learned a lot from them, basically. I, also from the school, but, you know, I learned it from my friends, essentially. So, and it's been really great and a blessing to have like a tribe behind you of people mm-hmm. who, have also got a rejection letter the same that you did, you know? So um, it, it helps to have people that are like on your team. Mm. Um, so because it's, it's not sustainable to just, um, I guess, be alone in this for too long, mm. even though some people do it beautifully, I can't. Um, uh, so yeah, I know, I guess like to enjoy what you're working on and have a team behind you. And I, and I'm slowly, starting to realize that I have to also build a life outside of it, that I can't like have all my, um, my life can't depend on the film I'm working on. And uh, cause you know, right now I'm still in this phase where like I'm waking up every day hoping that I can make a feature. I don't know that, you know, you can, um, there's a lot of filmmakers in the world and there are only that many avenues to make a film uh, in the way you want to. 
and um, a lot of these filmmakers are also very good filmmakers so it's not like um, it's a very saturated industry so it's tough and only crazy people do it so i feel like uh, there's like a unsaid acknowledgement of that like what the hell are you doing but which is going to keep going anyway uh, but i guess it's it's good to have support if you're like in this marathon you know it's definitely important and I think the work that you've done so far with Debbie and with Bitu has made an impact they are strong storylines and reaching people globally so Mm -hmm. um, you deserve a pat on the back for all the the great work you're doing because I think it must be a case of you're working on it so you don't really you don't appreciate what, it yeah what we're you know and we get the final product yeah. so we get to see the whole story and how it touches our heart and as you said you don't realize until you hear or feedback you see, yeah. or you see it on the big screen yeah. but you're doing an amazing job yeah. Krishna, so well, thank that's... you that means a lot to me um Devi I was just making selfishly for an audience of one <laughs> because <laughs> I just hadn't seen anything like it but um I was always so surprised and touched when people reached out and, um, you know, if you can't really like solve any problems or mm-hmm. um, tackle everything that's coming out of the country with like a 17 minute film or 12 minute film. But if I can like instigate a conversation that's uncomfortable to have, or mm-hmm. uh, if I can make someone feel a little less alone, I'm quite happy with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think every filmmaker is seeking sustainability, which is, uh, it's hard. Uh, so I feel like um, I really appreciate any, you know, resonance of my work with anybody. So that makes that makes a big difference. And as long as you enjoy what you're doing, that, that's, that's the yeah, main thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay. So Karishma, now's your time to really promote yourself because we haven't been doing that already. <laughs> but where can our viewers go to find out more about you and your upcoming projects? Um, I, I guess, unfortunately, it's my Instagram, but I've been, I'm, I'm working on a lot of stuff. I feel like I, I, I'm going to be ready to talk about soon, <laughs> but I'm working on a website, so it should be pretty easy in, in a month or so. It should just be my name. We're working on the website for Bitu as well for any like upcoming screenings. And if you don't want to host the screening, if you want to support the girls um, mm-hmm. a little bit more, like a peek behind the scenes. So uh, we're kind of we're building that like in this in the next two weeks mm-hmm. um but you know i'm available on every social media platform i also love and i'm so happy to talk to anyone who has anything to say about any of the work i've done or any of the work that they're doing that they feel like they might uh want to connect with me um but i'm basically like in hiding for the next few months to just uh uh, like I realize I don't think I have another short film in me so I'm trying to work on my feature now mm-hmm. um, but um, I keep all are there two stories I'm writing about that feel very close to me and I'm constantly like moving between them um, on a daily basis one is based in India and it's uh, uh, kind of inspired from my grandfather's funeral we have a very big family of women and uh, they're really loud and beautiful and amazing and dysfunctional but strong and confident and all over the world and it's kind of about us uh, being someone to 
um, a household over a weekend and, you know, rules shifting and it's like a comedy drama, I guess. But um, it, it, it's a bit in the world of Devi and it just talks about the women in my life. And the other one is in, it's a bit more, I'm still figuring it out. It's kind of based in my last three years in New York, kind of, it's like a grandiose breakup film <laughs> but it's kind of like um um you know like a like an like an ode to like all the people I've loved and met and I guess what it feels like to be a brown person in this time of identity politics in in in, in New York where yeah. everything was very black and white and I was very brown and I was not like a first generation American I'm like very much cooked and made in India and um, you know, have like trying to assimilate or become a part of the society at a much later point in my life as like a fully formed person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've met a lot of amazing people and been a part of very different diversion communities just by, um, because I'm brown. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah, I, you realize you can be a part of or be comfortable in very different rooms. Uh, exactly. uh, not like everybody else. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know, stems from that place. I'm still figuring out both of them. But, um, you know, whenever I'm ready to talk about it, it'll be, it'll be easily available. And um, I, it's, my, it's my one goal of 2020 to have a website up because um, it feels stupid not to because I, I just, just for the sole reason that if people want to get in touch with me, they can. So I'm working on that and it should be up at the end of the year. Perfect, amazing. And what we'll do, we will post those links out to all of our viewers on our social media. Thank you. They can head over and get in touch with you. Okay. Uh, that that will be great. Thanks so much. Yeah, no worries. So thank you yeah, so much for your you. time, Karishma. Again, I'm course, yeah. overwhelmed with your journey. Mm-hmm. It's been so exciting and we can't wait to hear more yeah, about your new yeah. projects, your films again. Or including the last uh, films that you've already spoken about, they mm. seem they they sound Perfect. amazing, yeah. um, <laughs> and exactly the sort of films that we like to watch. Yeah. So um, we're <laughs> definitely looking forward to hearing more from you. But again, thank you so much for your yeah, time thank today. You. Of course, thank you for your time and you know giving me this platform. Well, that was an incredible interview. Karishma not only inspired us, but she shared so much knowledge. A lot of backgrounds, you know, her films are amazing. If you haven't checked them out yet, go ahead. Better go ahead. Yeah, definitely. And of course, when she has her website running and we have more information about the charity to make sure that these amazing children get the education that they deserve, we will definitely inform you all um, with the links and where to donate um, your money. Okay, right. So... Definitely make sure you head over to Instagram and follow Karishma. Um, And again, all of her details will be in the descriptions uh, below. And also, when you're heading over to Instagram and following Karishma, you can also follow us. So make sure you head over to at Rhyme Entertainment Official or our other Instagram, which is at sisters underscore in underscore rhyme. And how are we spelling rhyme? R-I-M-E. So, I mean, what can I say? You know, we've got another episode coming up to end the year. Um, I can't believe it already. 2020 
is already over yeah. and we're heading into 2021. Make sure you've got your goals list, start setting them, you know, writing them once, checking them twice, you know, making sure yeah. that um, you're going to stay, well, you know, you're going to stay nice. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to talk about naughty or nice. We're going to stay nice. Um, but anyway, Don't whilst forget. you're writing your goals list, go to Spotify and download L-I-F-E by Daryl. So again, some really good music on there. You know, L-I-F-E, the actual title of the song as well as the album. And of course, one of our other favourites is One, Two, Three. So again, going to be featured at the end of this episode today. So, so until next time, exactly, we will let you be. But keep staying inspired and keep following us and watching our show. Take care. Bye. Monster. It's your boy, they call the real MC I'm from Nola, UTT I'm on top of the world, baby It is crazy One, two, three It's your boy, they call the real MC I'm from Nola, UTT I'm on top of the world, baby it's that a skate feed from the UPT. I took flight from the hood in 93. Cats were mad at me. They didn't understand that I was sinking in my life like quicksand. God had a plan and a strategy. After months of reviewing thousands of documents and conducting hundreds of interviews behind closed doors, the House January 6th committee hearings are underway. Tune in to C-SPAN as committee members question key witnesses about what transpired and why during the assault on the U.S. Capitol. Get the hearing schedule on our website at cspan.org and watch our coverage on the free C-SPAN Now app or listen on your smart speaker by saying play C-SPAN Radio. C-SPAN, your unfiltered view of government.